Here you go, Starshine. A lovely cup of brown to perk us up this morning. Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. And welcome to two stories. The warm sausage centre to the flaky uncertainty of life. Have your coffee and suck it up. This is what working life is like. Why do we have to be here at this time? It's a bakery. We get our deliveries at this time. Firstly, it's not a bakery. We haven't even got a rolling pin. It's a glorified warm cupboard. Today, we're minding the shop of Matt's deceitful uncle. Hey, my uncle has worked very hard building up this pastry outlet from the ground up. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about your dodgy uncle. Good morning, Lawless Bakery. Is this my delivery driver? Uh, That's a yes. I'm roughly 1.7 kilometres from your location. Traffic is light and the weather conditions are conducive for an on-time delivery. Uh, Can you confirm that you are ready for my load? I'm ready for the fresh rolls and hot pastries. Nothing else. What's with the distance and wind speed anyway? I'm not air traffic control. How long will you be? Uh, Circa two minutes. Over. Right. I'll get round the back and open up the shutters. Received. Next contact will be at the drop zone. I've never met a normal delivery driver. First day of delivery school. They must be like, hands up, who enjoys blinking and speaking at a normal volume? Okay, you lot, get out. Anyway, I was just about to slag off your uncle. I deliberately ignored you. Did you not notice? Or are you thick as well as dull? The man's a criminal. I've no idea how he makes a living. All the sausage rolls come in bags with some kind of Cyrillic alphabet. I googled one of the words and it translated loosely as sad dolphin. All the use-by dates have been sanded off everything. And to top it all, there's a door in here we're explicitly not allowed to look behind. He's a businessman. An entrepreneur. A latter-day Lord Sugar. Firstly, you're never going to understand how he operates because you're unemployed. Secondly, he may bend a few rules, but the pastry game is cutthroat. You throw a stick on this high street and you'll hit three hot pastry outlets. He's got to take any advantage you can. And finally, he is employing us both at the kindness of his heart for the next few days while he's away. He's paying us handsomely too. We're getting paid in bread rolls. You love bread rolls, Carby baby. Yeah, but I'm not going to eat 70 in a week. I'm sure he will happily buy them back off you. At Matrix, of course. He has just given you some work. He's dodgy. Where is this driver? Doesn't seem the type to be late. He said two minutes on the phone. It must have been at least three now. Chill out. What difference does it make if we move the sweaty dolphin rolls to the warm cupboard now or in a few minutes? It's not like there's crowds of people waiting outside. He's trusted me with this shop. I just don't want to mess anything up. I'm calling this driver. He's taking the piss. Where in Sheila and a gig sweet downstairs are you, mate? I've got to open up in 15 minutes and I really need to get those sausage rolls displayed. My uncle said that the last time he didn't have a hot batch ready for opening time, somebody graffitied his wife. Need those rolls here ASAP or heads are going to roll. No, look. Stop panicking. You'll just be running a bit late. I don't know why you're so bothered. Thank God for that, he's here. Sorry I'm late. There was a stench in me cabin I had to pull over to investigate. Oh, right. Lovely. What was it? Rats. I beg your pardon? Yeah, there seems there was a family of them in the glove box. I had to scoop them out with a Frey Bentos tin. Where are they now? On the passenger seat. I was worried about their safety in the event of a crash or an emergency situation. We haven't got the time for this. Grab the pallets, driver. Let's go. Come on. 
He looks a bit weird, doesn't he? I mean, I've heard of a fake Tash, but they're stick on eyebrows, right? Yeah, to be fair, you have a point. I think he's got one of those transferable tattoos on his wrist as well. The Tasmanian Devil one, yeah. I know it's that. Okay, lads, that's a lot. I just need you to sign here. Should have a pen in these pockets somewhere. I'm sure I've got one in here. Oh, shit. He's got a knife. No, I think they're actually gardening secretaries. Still. Get in the bastard shop, the pair of you. Bloody ugly lads. Especially you, wrench nose. Me? That's a bit unnecessary. Now, okay, we're going. Right. Let me think. Uh, I need to tie you up, get in the corner by the fridge and put your hands together. Now, steady on. It's tricky when you've got paws like bunches of bananas. Please be careful. I've got the fragile wrists of a pianist. Hey, these are gorgeous wrists you've got here. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Now, you're going to make a little call to the coppers or I'm going to start using these secateurs to do a bit of pruning. You want us to call the police? You're going to tell them that you've been taken hostage. You're going to tell them that I've got much patience. You're going to tell them that I'm dangerous. That's right. You can tell them that the clock is ticking. You can tell them I'm going to make your head into a drop beef bourguignon. You can tell them that I drink blood. Tell them I've got an angry spot. Yes. Please, please. Hostage situation. Lawless Baker on the high street. 10 or 15 minutes. Brilliant. Tell them that I've got kittens. Yeah, yeah, got it. Uh, 10, 15 minutes. They're on their way. Did you tell them? Yeah, yeah, more or less. So, we wait. Sorry, I don't know what the rules are here, but I'm a bit parched. Would you mind if I grabbed a drink from this fridge just while we wait? Yeah, of course. What are you having? Probably a San Pellegrino. No problem. Uh, that'll be £3.20. What? What do you think you could do? Steal it? Well, it's not exactly stealing. <laughs> not really stealing? Well, if you're not paying for it, what is it then? Wait a sec. You're taking us hostage and you're kicking off about me not paying for a posh Fanta in my own bakery? Your bakery? This isn't your bakery, pal. This is the worst hostage situation I've ever been in. What's going on? You wanted us to call the coppers and you knew how much a drink cost? Yeah, and you haven't even tied me up at all. These are just some plaits you've done on my wrist. Right, lads, you got me. I'm not a master criminal. It's me. It's Uncle Darren. Uncle D, it's you. I knew they were fake eyebrows. So what's going on? I thought you were in the Bahamas with Auntie T. No, Matty. Your aunt left me months ago. The bakery failed. See that shelf full of loaves? They're just pictures stuck on empty shoeboxes. I've lost all my cash. I've been living in a caravan on the A12. This was my last roll of the dice. Pardon the pun. What, take us hostage? How's that going to help? Demands, boy. When the police turn up, I make demands and they bring them. Simples. Don't say simple. I'll still prune you. I've got no problem with that. But what about all your businesses and dodgy dealings? I always thought you were minted. I lost a load of money when a zoo I funded went under and then the rest was just keeping up appearances. I've got nothing but this bakery and last night I, I, I ate a shoe. Then what about that door? Why can't we see what's in there? We thought that there was something to do with illegal panda fights or something. You don't even look at that door, boy. 
Only under the most extreme circumstances can you even touch that door. What, like being taken hostage? Oh, sweet Matty. You'll know when it's right. It's showtime! Right then, what do you want? What do you mean, right for? Sorry, it's my wife's birthday. I've got lots to do tonight and I've already had three of these today. What I meant was, I understand the troubles you're going through. We can get through this together, etc, etc. We will shortly be calling the phone inside the bakery to receive your demands. Are you going to answer it? Do you think I should? If you want to make some demands, then it's probably best you do. I thought, well, you could, like, like a secretary. Aren't we meant to be scared and tied up? It's procedure, innit? Answer it! Hello. Hello, is this the hostage taker? Speaking. So? Yes? Well, usually you'd ask for something. May I have a big shot with a value of no less than £80, a bobble hat for a large man and uh, sandbags and some duct tape and uh, and oh, at least four reporters from different news outlets and I, I think that'll do, thanks. Really? Yeah, I think so. Just, just a sec. You boys want anything? Yeah, that's a lot. Cheers, thank you. Oh, that was easy. Oh. I think I will make my dinner reservation. Right, I'll give you a shout when we've got your bits. She was nice. What was that? Do you have a plan? Or is it a let's-just-vibe-it-out kind of situation? Well, I'd be lying if I said I'd completely thought this through. Brilliant. We're hostages in the most shambolic hijacking in history. Oi! I might still need to show them that I'm dangerous. Might need to send out some fingers if my secateurs can get through those fat eels on the end of your arms. Well, if we've got to wait for your big shop to arrive, we might as well have a story. Does it have fast cars in it? No, Uncle, it doesn't. Tony Shaker decided that he wanted to be a detective when he was just eight years old, and that ambition never diminished. By the age of nine, he reported the local newsagent to Trading Standards, refilling used packets of sherbet dib-dabs with hoover dust, all before selling to unknowing school children. Aged 13, Shaker dobbed in his own dad to Admiral Car Insurance. His father had taken out a low mileage policy, assuring the advisor on the phone that he would not exceed 5,000 miles per year. But it was a lie. Four days before the end of that year, Tony Shaker recorded his father's mileage from the display his sense of injustice washed over him. 5,016 miles. Why is this world so broken? He would ask himself. Age 17, Shaker was enforcing law left, right and centre. Five minutes into an A-level geography exam, he performed a citizen's arrest on his teacher and examined vigilator Mrs Davenport. Mrs Davenport had worn a t-shirt obviously purchased from a Jason Donovan concert. And on the back was a list of venues and dates from the tour each lined up to their location on a map of the UK. If a question appeared on the exam paper that referenced the location of major UK cities, he and his classmates were at a major advantage, and Shaker just wouldn't have it. He joined the police force at the earliest opportunity. As a young officer, Shaker never stopped. 
his obsession with justice and order isolated him. A turning point was at his own 21st birthday party. After a heavy night of drinking, a few friends stayed over. The following morning, a little hungover, his mates attempted to mount their bicycles and return home. Called them in to the boys in blue. All three arrested for driving under the influence. Fast forward to 2022, and Shaker, now aged 35, had become an established detective in the Derbyshire Police Force. He was the glue between the small villages and communities nestled in the Peak District National Park. Friday, 6pm, Shaker shoved the door open, stepping out of the driving rain and into the warmth of the King's Legs public house. Despite the low lighting, most locals were able to recognise Shaker. His overzealous law enforcement had made him an unpopular man, but he didn't mind that. The usual, Tom. A frozen strawberry daiquiri and a pack of mini cheddars appeared before long. Recently, the chief inspector had called into question Shaker's decision-making, calling him heavy-handed at one point. Sipping from his frozen drink and scanning his incident book, Shaker reviewed the actions from that day. Man caught urinating in public park. Mounted division requested. Irate customer at KFC, riot van called. Train passenger forgotten rail card, tasered. But his focus was interrupted by some drunk louts further along the bar, laughing and recalling shit stories. Shaker turned to them to show his unhappy face. Taking a handful of mini cheddars, he returned to the evaluation of his day. 3.45, road user pulled over for travelling 32 in a 30 mile per hour zone, car impounded and clutch removed from vehicle. But again his thoughts were interrupted by the guzzling fools beside him. Now their tone towards each other had changed however. One of them was in a panic. Shit, I've had it. I'm as good as dead. And with that, he slammed a half pint down on the bar and sprinted out of the pub. His friend left confused and alone. Shaker shook his head and ordered another daiquiri. Put the little umbrella in this time, Tom, you tight fucker. Shaker's pager vibrated. Without hesitation, he pulled it from his pocket. Detective Shaker, your assistance is needed immediately. Male, unconscious, 146 Blossom Street, attend immediately. Ambulance, circa 14 minutes. Shaker couldn't believe the timing. 146 Blossom Street was only four doors away from the pub. He shoved the pager in his pocket. Put the daiquiri in my to-go cup, Tom. I'm on the job. Shaker dashed from the pub and within minutes had reached the scene. All right, you lot. Fuck off. Let me examine the scene. You could be destroying valuable evidence, especially you with your size 12 feet. What do you even buy for them? Nordic skis? Yeah, and you, Spielberg. Stop filming, you little twat. Shaker crouched next to the pudding of a man. It was the gobshite from the pub. Shaker began furiously scribbling in his little notebook. Blood covering side of face, blood covered knife adjacent to the body, boot cut jeans, stinks, cuts to forehead, mobile phone close to grubby hand. Where the fuck have you been? Shaker's junior detective had arrived, fresh out of clue and evidence school. Got here as quick as I could, gaffer. Okay, junior detective Milton, what we have here is your first murder case. Are you sure, gaffer? Have you even checked his pulse? I've seen enough bodies to know. Now stop quizzing me and get to work. I want you to check that bush over there for any criminals. Shaker studied the mobile phone first. Locked. But still, a message appeared on the home screen. It read, You've got ten minutes, otherwise wasted. The sender's name read, The Boss, in capital letters, sent twenty minutes ago. 
Shaker called Milton back over. Find anything, Milton? Just a cat nibbling on a Lucas Air bottle. Well, whilst you've been checking out the wildlife, I've fucking solved it. This message shows clear threat only moments before the body was reported. Could be, Gaffer, but I don't know. I mean, is that actually blood? Listen, Milton, I've had more leads than a fucking dog walker in my career, so I know when I've found a strong one. Call in CSI and a dog unit immediately. Yes, Gaffer. At that moment, a pair of headlights approached at a great speed. That'll be the killer returning to mop up the mess, Milton. Prepare to stand your ground. The victim's phone rang in Shaker's hand. The boss flashed up. The car came to a screeching halt and the door fired open. A bedraggled woman stepped out. Who the fuck are you two? And what's happened to my husband? Shaker approached her. Madam, if this is your husband, then I regret to inform you that he's unfortunately been killed this evening and is now dead. At that, Junior Detective Milton interrupted. At that, Junior Detective Milton interrupted. Boss, look. Shut up, Milton. I'm trying to deliver some terrible news. Confused, the woman donning a full Kappa tracksuit continued to approach. What do you mean, killed? Milton, becoming irritated, interrupted once more. But, boss, he's moving. Oh. The body groaned. Oh. Milton stepped forward and rolled the moaning blob onto his back. Stuck to his chest was a flattened pack of greasy chips covered in ketchup. Gaffer, the knife was just from the takeaway. He was just a drunk boat that's fallen over with his chips and his head's just covered in ketchup. But, but the text, 10 minutes otherwise wasted. His wife stepped forward again. That was me, you whopper. I was referring to this lump's dinner that was waiting on the table. Thought I'd come and drag the lout out of the pub myself in the end. Shaker took a swig from his daiquiri. All's well that ends well, Milton. Call off the CSI, but not the dogs. They can enjoy the chips. Now then, we've dropped you shopping on the step. We'll all turn our backs if you want to come and grab it. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Oh, got some good bits in here. Melon, snack attacks. There's three spams there, look. Oh, these wheat tails are heavy. That was a wonderful story, Matt. I'm really proud of you. I'm ashamed I've not ever said that before. I get you. You've been Trojan host. Baby Copper. I'm not Baby Copper. I'm strategically compact law enforcement officer. You're a Baby Copper. It's over for you. You're going to put your hand behind your head and walk out that door now. I'm not listening to you, Baby Copper. What are you going to do? I've got this ready, Rita. And maybe you'll listen to me now. She's got a tiny knife to my throat. You're a double hostage. You can have him. Matt, do something. What do you want me to do? I don't know, throw a shoe at her or something. <sighs> About now I've got your boy. No, I'll do anything. Just don't hurt him. Well, that makes me feel great. Got the drop on me, Darren. I'm sorry. Oh, Darren, it's all a fouls. OK, you got me. I'll come quietly. What? That's it? But I haven't done my story yet. If it's all over here, can I just bosh my story out? It shouldn't take too long. Go on then, but be quick and don't make it scary.
I remember my old gang. There was me, Damp Sue, a particularly sweaty lady from Blackburn, a floating bucket called Philium. There was a bunch of cats that would climb inside a tracksuit so they could get on roller coasters. There was Clive, a mad bastard from Somerset, who was going through a divorce and had nothing to lose. One time, he made us eat all three meals in one day inside of Weatherspoons. We just originally went for breakfast, but by 12.30 he said, wouldn't it be mad if we just stayed? And it was. There was a computer that came to life that was called Integer 79957. He was really into internet scams and midsummer murders. He would keep coming up with these little grifts and schemes. One time we started our own constructed reality TV show based on a post office we ran. But it was cancelled after half an episode when we accidentally posted a 10-year-old to Hull when there was a mix-up with the franking machine. There was Mr. Harrison, a 12-foot-tall Japanese robot that formed part of a massive superbot that would fight space aliens and the like. The main thing we did, and what got me in this mess, was one summer, Integer 79957 convinced us to open an accounting firm. He said he'd handle all the numbers because that was like his thing. He just needed us to be the face of it because, well, his head was a monitor. So we did, and we all chipped in. I was the boss, in inverted commas. Damp Sue did HR. Claire ran reception. The Cats and Clives managed the social media, and Mr. Harrison put up posters. It was a huge success. We quickly picked up some very wealthy clients, and we were making some serious cash. Loads of cash. So much, we had to have one of those blokes with a helmet and a van that picked it up. Come to think of it now, I don't know why, because most of it was stored on Integer's hard drive. Anyway... I sat down with Integer one day to try and get a handle on the business. You know, cash flow, turnover, what we actually do, etc. And it all came out what Integer had been doing. When he was managing people's accounts, he was diverting their cash into high-risk investments, then returning it before anyone noticed, pocketing the profit in the meantime. It was great while the market was on the rise, but as soon as things went south, Integer couldn't get the money back into the client's accounts and people started to notice. I was getting called all hours of the day. Where's my money gone? I'm ruined. I just looked at my account and there's nothing in there but a load of old NSYNC posters and a floating bucket asking to get out. I was putting out fires, shuffling cash around, making out it was a computing error. But then Integer just disappeared. I went into his office one afternoon. Well, I say office, it was just a cupboard in the back of a stockroom because, you know, He was a laptop. When I wiggled his mouse to wake him up, it was just a desktop screen. He'd gone. A tidal wave of shit crashed over me. Calls came in from every account. Everyone's cash had gone, including our own. It turns out Integer 79957 wasn't a sentient laptop at all. He was a Nigerian prince scamming all of us. I was left with my name on all the documents, looking like I'd taken all the cash. When I claimed it was taken by a talking laptop in my stockroom, I was banged up for 30 years, once the judge stopped laughing. Now all I can do is give interviews to podcasters and reply to every email from Nigerian royalty to try and get hold of Integer. So, what did you think? Yeah, um... 
Yeah, it was... Um... Yeah, nice. Nice story, I suppose. I feel all okay. Make card and ring. Now, the door! Oi, come out there. We've got you surrounded. It's your time you're wasting. What's in here? Can't see a thing. You'll see. Just step into this basket. Okay. Ready? We're flying. Go back! It's a balloon. This was your plan all along. It's amazing. Well, I'd be lying if I said I'd anticipated the baby copper. But yes, I had a plan. Hey, come down from there. Do you have my baby copper? Oh, who cares? I'm off. We're clean away. We're free, Uncle Darren. Hurrah! Yeah! Yeah! Easy now. It's just a wicker basket, and your mate here tips us over the weight limit. Hey, you've been very mean this whole experience. So what's the plan from here, then? Well, we've got an £80 big shop, a war mat and some other bits. My plan was just to drift off into a better life, somewhere where I can start again. But for you, Matty, this has all been for you. All the publicity from the hostage-taking will make the pastry shop successful again, and it's all yours. That's my gift to you, Matty. Oh, yeah. That's great. Thanks. What's that, Matt? You've just won the pastry lottery. You loved playing pastry manager this morning. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. Three cheers for Matt, the new pastry manager of the Lawless Pastry. Hip, hip! Hooray! Hip, hip! Hooray! Hip, hip! Hooray! Shocking events unfolded today at Lola's Pastry, where previous owner Darren Craphooks lost what was left of his tiny mind and took his own nephew hostage. Demanding a big shop and a bobble hat, he was nearly apprehended by a baby copper that managed to Trojan horse his way inside the pastry outlet. Darren, along with his captives, managed to escape in a makeshift hot air balloon and drifted off at an annoyingly slow speed into the midday sky. Darren is believed to have made his way to the Faroe Islands, dropping off his captives at the Scottish border some hours later. His dull nephew has been left the failing pastry business which is believed to already be on the market and rumoured to have been sold to local vape baron Cloud Pops. Next tonight, we'll be interviewing the police droid, making a real stir on Britain's Got Talent. Two Stories is written and produced by Matthew Oxley and Jack Barton. Performed this week by Matt and Jack as themselves, Stephen Barton as Uncle Darren, Felix Haynes as the Baby Copper, Trudy Barton as the Negotiator, and Jessica Haynes as the Newsreader. Mm-hmm.